Data, home of the future of work, industry and people, with your host, I4O's Oliver Kelly. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Outback Incubator. Uh, today we're going to talk about contingency planning just in time. And what does that mean exactly? Well, okay, there's a lot of emotion around at the moment, as you know, around the coronavirus and it's spread across the world. It seems to be marching across the world. And at the same time, we've got oil that's delivered a sucker punch to the markets because we're potentially going to have a huge oversupply of oil for the first time because people are not going to cap their output. So markets are falling everywhere. Outside of the emotion, I believe that we need to remember, let's think about what's really happening. Uh, never make decisions based on emotion. Always find a time when your emotions have subsided or you can control them and then make your big decisions. But we need to keep things moving is the point. And so I wanted to talk today about a principle that many companies work on, which is called just in time. Now, for those of you that have worked in manufacturing, you may well have heard of just in time. But for those that haven't, it's a manufacturing philosophy spearheaded by many big companies, particularly Toyota. And the idea of just-in-time is that you can keep your operating costs low and keep your manufacturing operation as lean as possible by making sure you don't have huge amounts of stock that you're keeping on hand. So with a just-in-time, let's uh, imagine that you're building a car. You'll schedule out when each piece of the car is built on a different day, and you'll have such a strong relationship with your suppliers that what you're essentially doing is having those parts delivered just before that part of the operation when those parts are going to be put in or put together or whatever it is that's happening. So just in time is an incredibly productive way to make something. It's an incredibly lean and incredibly smart way of doing something. Uh, the important thing is with just in time is that yes, you are keeping your costs lower. Yes, you are being a lot leaner. You've got good relationships with those suppliers. But in a global supply chain, which many of the supply chains for the big companies are now, what you find is that when an incident like this happens, the unraveling coronavirus situation, all of a sudden your supply chains are pinched and you don't have lots of inventory in hand to be able to continue to make what you need to make. So if you get an order for something, you're expecting the parts to turn up just before that part of the operation. Well, those parts might not be able to come now. And so what we're finding is it's good business for just in time, but it might also pinch companies over the next couple of months because as their small amounts of inventory deplete, they're going to find that there's actually a feedback loop created because they're not able to meet the demand of their customers all of a sudden. So the lockdowns are pretty serious in regards to not just health, of course, but in terms to the supply chains. People are going to find it harder to get parts, particularly if they're reliant specifically on China. And the other options are going to be expensive, like air freight might cost them five times as much as usual. And then you're hitting profits instead. So you might still be selling products, but you're going to be hitting somebody's profits somewhere along the way. So I believe we're not going to see uh, what's happening really play out until at least the next couple of months time. Perhaps May or April it'll kick in. Um, I'm not the be all and end all of information. This is just me observing what's happening in the supply chains and marketplace. But the makers of the world are obviously going to try and keep their operations Afloat, excuse me. Okay, so you say, so if that's the case, uh, and there may even be small businesses out there who are using just-in-time principles, what can businesses do for situations like this? And not just about manufacturing efficiency, 
but also just generally what can they do to protect themselves? And if they are innovating and they are creating something that's potentially a game changer, how do they make sure they can keep that momentum up so that the momentum isn't lost when something like this happens on a global scale? It's risk management, right? And that's never a really sexy thing to talk about, but it could potentially save some of these businesses, and particularly in Australia at the moment. The small businesses certainly need some assistance to keep their doors open and keep the economy moving whilst we're in uncertain times. So there's something called BCP, Business Continuity Planning. And again, some big companies will probably have uh, quite sort of uh, involved versions of this in place already. But for smaller business, they tend not to really know about it. And a business continuity plan is a master plan of what might happen that is outside of your control. So I'm not talking about bad marketing decisions or poor customer service. You can control those through good people, hiring well, looking after your people and good systems in place. This is more events like natural disasters, bushfires, pandemics. So look, two out of those three we've seen within the last six months, we have no control over them uh, as a small business or a medium-sized business. But what we can do is be ready for if the unknown happens. Okay, so how do we do that, Ollie, is the question you're asking. Well, what do I always say? I say keep it simple. So the first thing you can do is identify what these events may actually be. Now, they may be very um, high consequence, um, small uh, likelihood events, okay, such as the ones we're seeing now. Who would have thought that we'd see a pandemic shut down 60 million people in Italy? People are having their travel restricted, their ability to exercise their civil liberties restricted by the government. I don't think we've ever seen that in a democratic country before. But we know, and the Italian government are saying, that they have to do it to stop the spread of this virus. Otherwise, they're going to see death on a math scale in their country, no matter how silly it seems. And then the next step would be to assess the critical parts of your operation that might be affected. These are the critical parts to making your product or providing your service, the critical things that can be affected. And if you can, put a dollar figure on that disruption or even just quantify it. You know, this is what it really means to the business. Make it real. As soon as you do that, it's going to make you think about how you would take action. Now, like with any risk management, the next thing you're going to do is put some contingencies in place. Okay, so let's talk about if you have a supplier that you always use, that supplier is based in China and China was in lockdown for, you know, at least four weeks at the beginning of the year. Well, if you had a supply outside of China that you don't normally call on because they're not your large scale trusted um, supply relationship. But if you had an arrangement with them where you said, well, we'll pay you a slight premium to get those parts to you, even though you're not our regular supplier and you keep that relationship alive and work it with very little effort and time, then there's a good chance that you're going to be able to call on them, take a very slight hit to your profit margin, but keep the doors open and keep your product going out the door or your service, whatever it is. So if you get everything from one country, you need to have other options. If you're based in a bushfire prone area, of course you need to be ready. You have a kit prepared and you communicate your plans to your people if something goes down. Now, Benjamin Franklin said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And it's so very true in many different things. But being prepared is not negative. It's protecting your business. And the thing that you've built, the thing that puts you in and your family in hot dinners every night, uh, it's just good business. So in these times, I think if I could say anything, it's don't panic. Um, be prepared. OK, hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. That's the old saying as well. 
Make business continuity planning your focus. Spend a few hours on it this week, okay? And just as you watch this unfold and you take what the media says with a pinch of salt but keep yourself aware of the moving situation, you might need to call on your preparation at some stage. You might wish to ask your people to work from home and have your remote working technology in place and practiced and making sure your network can handle it. So don't stop when times are good. Keep it in your back pocket at all times and keep refining it. There are plenty of places you can start with this. If you go on YouTube, business continuity planning on YouTube, you will find hundreds of resources. We've tried to make it easy for you. I've put a free business continuity planning template together that's very easy to follow with instructions. You're very welcome to get that for free just by emailing info at i-40.com.au. That's info at i-40.com.au. Uh, it's incredibly basic. It will explain it very clearly to you and it talks you through the process. But however you wish to do it, find out some more information, understand what's going on in the world around you, protect your business, keep practical, only listen to the facts. The world will continue to turn and be prepared. That's all today. Thanks for listening. This is the Outback Incubator. And remember, there is always a better way.